This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon. Happy Tuesday. This is the happy hour 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Clary are with you today. Hello, Rico. Every single Tuesday. That's honestly on me because I forget to push that button, but partially, partially it's on you it's as on well. It's on me. I got to check. It's not forget. on you. It's on me. I got to check. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. That's good. Anything exciting happening today? No. Nothing. No. Nothing. You know, just watching some... Well, I won't be watching sports because I don't have BTN Plus, but I'll be mm-hmm. keeping up with sports. Um, KJ went to daycare for the first time today. Oh, that's more money out of your pocket, unfortunately. Yes. We've had this conversation. Yes, it is. It's a um, lot of money out of your... I had some delicious lasagna. Okay. Um, nothing... Nothing of note happened yesterday, so really just a just a kind of a boring day today. Side note about that. I was thinking about this last night at like 11:30 after we got done with upside and everything and I'm thinking back on just what kind of day Monday was and how it started. And you have to remember that this is I'm I'm 4 months into this business. Mm-hmm. That was the first day that it's really been crazy. Your first breaking news? Yeah. Well, first breaking news on our show, which was pretty awesome. And Yeah, we got to thank, break some cool news. Thank well, goodness that it broke when it did. I guess ours was, ours was cool news, kind of. It wasn't sad. No, it was not. Nobody, nobody lost their jobs for our news. You're right. Yeah, everybody, somebody gained their job. Yes. Or kept somebody their kept job. their job for our Just d- under different circumstances. So depending on what side of the what side uh, you stand on, it was either happy news or sad news. Yeah. As always, 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, the Sutter Heyman text line. Both of those are open for you all hour long. Um, feel free to call in, give us your thoughts. What do you want to see next? There's been a lot of talk today now how it feels like Nebraska just moved on to the 2022 season yesterday, and I think we need to kind of pump the brakes on that a little bit because I feel like these next two games, more specifically the Iowa game, not not only because it's Iowa, but also because it's the last game of the season, and of course, you're not going to a bowl game. We all know that. However, I, I think these Everybody next- keeps saying that. There's a, like... I, yes, but I re, mean there re, is a possibility. But nobody wants to go to a bowl game when you're five and seven. It's the same thing with Mike Riley. I mean, nobody wants to because you want to. Yeah, have because six it's wins, not a bowl would, game. But would you? You don't feel like personally for me, if if Nebraska were to go to go to a bowl game at five and seven, it would be like they chose us because they needed a filler. But if Nebraska won their last two games, would you not mm-hmm. want to continue the momentum? Like I know, I I yeah. know you don't. I know you know you feel like you <clears throat> you don't deserve it because you're you know two games under five hundred, and even if you win, you're not getting to five hundred. But mm-hmm. if you're playing good football and things are looking good, and a, a bowl game, you know it's gonna be 
a really lower level bowl game, but if a bowl game wants you to go and you I, can get I do that, not think so. Get some more practice in and you can maybe get some of the younger guys in a game. Mm-hmm. Would you say no? You probably wouldn't some say of the I old, I don't, some I, of the older guys who are probably either done with football or moving on to their mm-hmm. professional careers mm-hmm. or they're you know or you you know you're just done playing football. They might say no, but you've got a bunch of younger guys who are just like, well, yeah, let's let's keep this thing going. You have to remember they declined to go to a bowl game last year. That is true, but that was COVID year. It was a lot different. It was. It was a lot harder. There was a lot more protocols. I think they would go. Would I be thrilled that they are going at five and seven? No, depending on how the last two games look. Yeah, if maybe, they look, maybe that's like I said, the first thing. If is they, they, look, have to, they have to yeah, win these next if two games. They look good against Wisconsin and Iowa, yep. and they win those games, and they get an invite, mm-hmm. in, however slim that is, to a bowl game based on what yeah. is it like GPA or? or, or it's uh, tr- not attrition. It's uh, oh, it starts with an A. I yeah, cannot. I, I cannot. I know the, the word, but I can't. Yes, I've, anyway, like I've heard it before. You know, but, you know based on that, I think they'd. I think they'd say yes. I I, I don't think they'd say no. Um. I, I cannot believe that that's where I don't want it to be. Look, I mean, you just got to win the games. Yes, but Rico, I, I, what I worry about that is people looking back and saying that um, APR. APR. It's like that's the, what the it graduation is. rate. Okay. Yes. Anyway, I, I don't want people looking back at if in next season and say, "Oh, Nebraska went to a bowl game in year four under Frost," because technically they are not going to, <laughs> okay. and I don't yeah. want that to happen. Okay. If that's what you're looking at, but I'm just looking at, you know, if they if they win the game again, it's it's a lot of ifs ands buts whatevers. Yes, they go out, they win the games like everybody's asking them to do, like they should be doing. They win the games, mm-hmm. they get invited to a bowl game. They'll, I think they go. I, I really think they go to the game. They accept the bowl game invite. They go. That'll be interesting. Play. What will be very interesting is I if- don't think depending on his decision, Adrian Martinez starts it. Ooh. If he decides to, you know, maybe he decides to rest even if he's coming back. Maybe he decides to, to, you know, hang it up. Maybe he decides to transfer. Maybe he decides to enter his name in the NFL draft. You know, whatever he decides. I think if you get that invite to a bowl game after your two wins, you know, you're probably looking at a Logan Smothers, uh, Heinrich Harburg, somebody else starting that game. That you know, you've got a bunch of other seniors who probably – I mean, I don't want to, like, speak for any of yeah. them. But like a bunch of seniors that might, you know, just think, you know, we're five and seven. This bowl game is kind of eh, whatever. Uh, I'm just going to go train for the senior bowl or whatever senior bowl you're invited to or just train for, you mm-hmm. know, the NFL. If I happen to get drafted, if not, you know, uh, an undrafted free agent rookie spot, et cetera, or, you know, just go out and, and start your life after college football. That's interesting because I, I don't think that we're getting this on the text line a little bit about having new coaches on staff, I don't know if the new assistants would coach in the bowl game. They, I don't think I don't, they I don't would think have they them would. in place at that point. That's that would be. Well, they might they might make a hire. There's probably going to be hires solely for recruiting purposes here in the next uh, couple yeah. weeks. There there has to be with the I early signing day. Is a thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> easy now. Um, no, Sorry, with, with with the early signing day and everything, I feel like they would need to make a hire hires. Pretty quickly, relatively soon in the next couple weeks. Whether that's 
a situation where they hire somebody away from another school and they let them finish out the season, mm-hmm. or it's somebody that's not working like Matt Lubick was not working at a football job at the time when he was hired away from or to Nebraska. So we'll, we'll see how that happens. Um, but I don't know if they would... And that's where it kind of gets that thought of them turning the page yesterday to the 2022 season. And if, if you're in that boat, that's totally fine. However, I, I think we, we're talking about momentum on the text line. We're getting that on the on the Sarder Heyman text line. I mean, that's kind of what I know. What, well, what I want to know from the text line and from you know our our, our Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Like, if Nebraska wins their last two games at Wisconsin and home against Iowa and they get invited to a bowl, would you want Nebraska to accept that and go to that bowl game? Or would you just want to turn the page on this season, get started with the new coaching staff in an offseason, get some recruiting done, and prepare yourselves for, you know, Northwestern and Ireland. That's what I want to know. I want to know what you guys think on the on the Hunt of Lincoln hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line, 402-464-5685, and, you know, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, uh, the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream. Let us know what you think. I just, I'm curious because the, the Iowa game, m- much more importantly, even if they lose to Wisconsin, because let's I'm more concerned about them staying competitive with Wisconsin than I am with Iowa. I I feel like Nebraska has a better chance against Iowa because Wisconsin's Wisconsin's better. Wisconsin's really turned their season around. And the the statistics say that as well. Um, they have a top five defense in the country right now in terms of total defense, right behind Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, they're averaging, they're allowing less than three yards per carry or th- three yards per play, which is pretty darn impressive. And Nebraska, let's be fair, can't run an offense, and they just fired four of their offensive coaches. And so that's where um, I-, I would say that Nebraska has a better chance going up against Iowa, despite Iowa's defense being pretty darn good as well. Mm-hmm. But that's also just Big Ten, and but so, Iowa's offense is not good. Bingo. And Wisconsin's starting to run the football, despite losing two of their dudes, two of their running backs. <laughs> yeah. One of them leaving, one of them being dismissed. I would say, you know, Nebraska's pretty good at stopping and run, as evidenced by Michigan State and Ohio State against two of the better running backs in the Big Ten, but against two teams with, I mean, Michigan has really good running backs, but they're not Kenneth Walker or Travion mm-hmm. Henderson. But, you know, Michigan kind of ran, ran roughshod over you, and then Minnesota with nobody, and then Purdue with, uh, what is it? Uh, their their fourth scholarship running back and and an injured uh, and an injured starter kind of ran roughshod over you as well. So it just depends on on what Nebraska run defense shows up. But I I would feel confident against a Wisconsin team who who really wants to run the ball does not want to put the game in the hands of their quarterback. That Nebraska defense would be able to show up and and slow them down. So so we get this off the text line. Um. You don't think Nebraska can stay with Wisconsin. Nobody has w- blown them out. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is here, let me read off the, the stats off of uh, CFB stats here, where Wisconsin ranks. This is passing defense. Wisconsin is fifth in the country, allowing 159 yards passing a game. Rushing defense. Wisconsin is first in the country, allowing 54 rushing yards per game. Um, in terms of scoring defense, Wisconsin is fourth in the country, allowing 15 points per game. That is what I'm saying is is going to be the the deciding factor in whether or not Nebraska is able to beat Wisconsin, mm-hmm. is if Nebraska can move the football. And frankly, Nebraska's been able to move the football between the 20-yard line on each side of the field. However, when they get inside the red zone, there's that glaring statistic of them being really, really bad. And I don't need to tell you guys about the special teams' woes either. You're not going to score a and, touchdown, and you're scared yeah. to kick a field goal. And so uh, that's, that's where I'm saying. I'm not saying the, or Wisconsin's offense is some fantastic 
mode of offense, but it's a Big Ten offense that they run the football and they they have time time management. They use the the clock a ton, similar to Minnesota, similar to what Purdue did, and it'll get the job done. That, that is shown to be Nebraska's bigaboo. They bugaboo. will bugaboo. Bugaboo. They will score ten points and they will hold you to three if you make your field goal. That's that is Wisconsin yeah. in a nutshell. They're not going to score a lot, but they're going to make sure you don't score a lot either. And they realize that they don't want Graham Mertz throwing the football. And which is it's, which it's is worked good. Out. That's a that's a smart call on their end. Yeah. So all right, let's get to some of your texts. It seems like people want us to take the bull, um, take the bull game if we are. Seems off. like it, and that's totally fine because we're getting the same same thoughts on the text line. Is that's an extra month of practice? It's development, um, and I, I think that would also help recruiting in in a way. Which I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's an interesting way to look at it. Is, would you want the bowl game for extra practices, or would you want you your want coaches it for extra to, practices, or, or would you want your coaches to get out on the road and start recruiting? Would you so, want your new coaches to get out there and start trying to press the issue of, look, we're mm-hmm. we're going to run a different style of offense. We really need you to to you know come in here and help us in the future when you know when this thing gets turned around and Scott Frost has everything humming. Yeah. Um, you know, you get out there, you start talking to guys that you know you're gonna you're, you might have to re-recruit some guys. That that's very that's a very very good. So point. getting out there, talking to them, uh, re-establishing the connections, re-establishing relationships with some of these kids mm-hmm. is going to be very important. So that's that that's part of the question is you want them to go to a bowl game for the exposure and to show you know some type of progress possibly in the last two games, possibly three games if they make that bowl game of the season, or do you want them to, even if you show progress in those two games, decline the bowl game if you get an invite, if you get an invite, and get on on the road and get more connections to get better recruits in here, to, to run yeah. a, a new style of offense, hopefully, than what you've been seeing? Regal, let me ask you this, because it sounds like the the overall thought with them kind of cleaning house in on the offensive side of the ball, despite Sean Becton um, sticking around, which is a good move, I believe. Tight ends have been great. Um, do you believe the the thought that there's going to be a totally revamped and and different looking offense? Okay, that's the question that everybody's been asking, and it seems like a lot of people have come to the consensus that the offense needs to change, but it might not change all that much because the guy whose fingerprints, as Schaefer said earlier, mm-hmm. is all over this offense, all over the offensive end of the ball, is the head coach, and he's coming back. Yeah. So you would think he would go out and get some people. Who, who, you know, he, he, he got rid of people who he's been with for years. He's going to go out and get people who have different thoughts of than he does on the offensive end of things and maybe bring in new ideas, new fresh ideas on how things are supposed to be run on that end. You know, you've get, you're, you might be getting a new quarterback. You know, you'll, you'll be... I, I, think, I think you are. You'll be working on, you know, different blocking schemes possibly with the offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, running backs will be running differently. Wide receivers will be doing different things, you know, off the line if, with their route, maybe different route combinations and things like that. But it's just... It's hard when you have an offensive-minded coach. He gets rid of everybody on the offensive side, minus the tight ends coach, and to think that the offense would be night and day different mm-hmm. might might just be silly of you to think. I, I still believe it's going to be a Scott Frost offense, but hopefully he goes out and he gets people who think differently and maybe have – possible Big Ten connections and know how to run an offense in this league or, or just or just people who have had success in their past running 
that decent they, offenses. offense. That whatever their offense is. I'm not even And if he and if he takes more of a hands off approach, you know, somebody who who has an offense that they run that they run mm-hmm. really well, if he takes more of a hands off approach and it's just like, okay, bingo. You do you, this is what I want like this is maybe he he throws in, you know, this is kind of what I want it to look like, but you do it to to your standard. You make it look the way that you want, but this is kind of what I want as the head coach, as an offensive minded head coach. And then they work together, but Scott Frost lets the offensive coordinator coordinate the offense. Whereas he goes yeah. around being the coach and 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 keeping things you know good on the sideline and and making sure that everybody's all right and you know putting his input into plays offensively defensively on on every and on every situation special teams wise but not you know taking the power away from his assistants but empowering his assistants so that they feel confident enough that yeah. he trusts them to call the right plays in the right situations maybe when it comes down to crunch time if Scott Frost feels more confident in himself calling the plays mm-hmm. they can discuss that and and the offensive coordinator will be like all right, we're down to this. These are the plays I want to call. What do you think? And then they kind of bounce ideas off of each other that way. I think it's very important. One one thing that we might be overlooking that I've kind of thought about, not necessarily just when they when they let go of the four or five uh, four of five coaches yesterday, but even in the weeks prior, is it's very important who they replace those guys with, not only for the on field success but off the field, mm-hmm. because. It needs to be, like you said, there needs to be that trust factor. There needs to be that, that unified um, feel with the offensive staff. We've seen how important um, a unified staff on the defensive side of the ball has done for this Huskers team. And I, I mentioned it before, and Rico's kind of talked about it as well, but talking about the Husker defense just as a unit, Nebraska's defense, they don't have one star guy. They have they have a couple. JoJo Doman can be in that list of, of a high motor guy that possibly could play on Sundays. Cam Taylor Britt very well could possibly play on Sundays. And and then you have Deontay Williams, Markel Dismuke, those guys are experienced. That those kind of those things, when they all play together, that is what makes this defense at Nebraska work so well. And if if you look at Basically, what I'm saying is they don't have a, a first-round draft pick like they did in 2009. They don't have a Sue. They don't have a Levante David, but yet they're still finding ways to make it work. They work well in tandem. They don't have yes. one person who can yeah. disrupt an entire offense by himself. Yeah. They have a bunch of different guys who can disrupt an offense in a number of different ways. And, and give a ton of credit to Shenander and the rest of the guys on the defensive staff for finding a way to make that work. Because a lot of the time is it can get me over we and and guys can worry about their egos and making their tackles getting theirs that night mm-hmm. and and not, I gotta get my not, numbers not understanding that it comes and goes when you have a group defense like that and a in a group oriented defense like that so that is that is very impressive for this Husker defense so I think that's a big part that people might be overlooking is that these hires on the offensive side are just as important for the on the field success as they are for what they do um, off the field, how how do they how do they um, relate to each other off the field? Are they friends? Do they do they have g- good conversations? Good football conversations? Do they give good football advice, or are they worried about their specific group? And I'm not saying before before y'all put words in my mouth. I'm not saying that this previous staff did that. But I think that's a big part to overlook because at the end of the day, Scott is a younger coach. He's still learning. We have that. We have talked about that a little bit. Is that there, now 
once again, that's no excuse for lack of success because he understands Nebraska, so that's no excuse. However, he is still learning at the end of the day. And so having good, experienced guys around him to give him football advice is huge. But then on the flip side of that, that's where Scott Frost needs to make an adjustment and be willing to take their advice Mm -hmm. and be willing to go to them for advice. It all needs to work together because it's obvious that Eric Shenander is not saying, I'm the defensive coordinator, what I say goes. It's all of the all of the coaches working together. Mm-hmm. And that's why Travis Fisher is being looked at for SEC jobs almost every single offseason. That's why it's working with having Mike Dawson come back and, and working out well with the outside linebacker, or with a linebacker group. You could, you could say the last couple weeks of the season, the linebackers have been the most impressive group on the defense. When you involve Luke Reimer, Garrett Nelson, and, and JoJo Doman having his big game on Saturday. So this, uh, the, the, the success that they have on the field will be, benefit, will be benefited if will be greater. That's a better word. The success on the field will be greater if they are working together off the field. And so that's a big, big deal when you're looking at who you're hiring. More connected, walking in lockstep. Yeah, just being on just the same the, page. Just the transparency. Same the same be- message. Yeah, bingo. Because when you talk to every single defensive coach, it's we love the pressure, we want the pressure, we embrace the pressure. And every, every guy on that defense understands their role and embraces their role. Which you can argue, sometimes when you're watching the offense, it's not that way. We have to take a break. We'll continue this conversation on the other side on the Happy Hour. The following is a test of the emergency alert system. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 